Good evening, and welcome to yet another episode of The Last Knock, your friends in horror since 2013. We are part of the Strange Society Network, at StrangePodNet on Twitter for all your macabre podcasting needs. I am Johnny Numb, and joining me tonight, as always, is... Crash. I, I was belching again. We just talked about this. Oh my god. Um, I was like, Bleh! Billy, Billy Crash, Crash, whatever. I don't care. It's me. I'm here. Tonight's, tonight's episode is sponsored by Poland Seltzer. Billy, Billy <laughs> highly recommends Poland Seltzer. No, it's AHA! I'm drinking strawberry cucumber. Not LaCroix, Bill. Not LaCroix. <laughs> Not LaCroix. Not Michael Bublé. De La Croix. I still don't get it, man. Flavored seltzer, these taste so potent, zero calories. Then where's the flavor coming from? Don't you need calories to have flavor? I don't understand. I don't know this shit. I'm not a scientist. Somebody help me. I'm I'm always baffled by the fact that they can make it all clear, and yet you have that burst of flavor. But then there there is Sprite, and there is Crystal Pepsi, Mm -hmm. or there was Crystal Pepsi, so... And you know what? I have absolutely no segue to our topic tonight from that. (laughs) (laughs) In any case, uh, tonight, uh, while maybe turning water into seltzer, Bill... Oh! um, (laughs) Who would notice? (laughs) (laughs) The Lord works in mysterious ways, and uh, certainly that is the case in writer-director Rose Glass's film saint maud indeed and uh you know billy since i like uh, asking this question i'm curious uh, <laughs> how, did, how did you find out about this film um you watched it before i did uh, recently so um, yes so yeah w- what did you know about the film going into it had you seen a trailer or anything um well as you know i don't watch trailers um but my good friend, uh, Vicki Spiegel, um, who's, uh, and I was so happy uh, to co-direct it with her. She wrote and co-directed this uh, short horror film called Memento More, and it's now an official selection at the NYC Chain Film Festival. Um, and she's filming a television pilot right now. So that's really cool. And while she's in the midst of all of this stuff with her own project, she sends me this message, Bill, have you seen St. Maud yet? You need to see it. You need to let me know what you think about it. So I'm like, I got to see it. So, and there it was. Okay. Just like that. Well, before the world shut down in 2020, um, (laughs) I I was actually, I actually managed to get a lot of theater experiences in uh, without knowing that the, you know, theaters were going to go away for a while. Right. Um, just in those three months in 2020 and a trailer, I was seeing them push pretty hard alongside of a promising young woman actually was St. Maud. And from the moment I saw the trailer, I was like, okay, a 24, um, some of the imagery that Mm -hmm. was shown, I was like, okay, I'm on the hook. When can I see this thing? Well, after the world shut down, um, not for over a year, and uh, <clears throat> I, I, I was like, this was a film like Promising Young Woman, where I was like, I want to see this movie, and I can't yeah, yeah. see it, because nobody knows what to do with all the movies that were supposed to come out in 2020. Um, so um, I did what you did, Bill, and I snuck on to Epics and uh, got a free trial of that just to watch this movie and then quickly canceled it. I hope that, <laughs> I, I hope that worked. Um, yeah, it did. It did for me too. 
Yeah. So, cause I, I had just wanted to see this movie. Um, it, it was kind of, like I said, the images from the trailer were kind of stuck in my head enough to give a good tease of things. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I was like when, and when you mentioned on Twitter recently that you'd seen it, I was like, okay, let's, uh, let's do a show on St. Maud and then I'll finally get around to watching it. So mm-hmm. here we are doing a show about it. And, uh, Billy, without spoiling anything, um, can, can, can you give like a 25-word a, a synopsis of this film? Right. So after, <laughs> so after Maud left Golden Girls, she... I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you for being a friend. friend. Ow! All right, B. Arthur, we love you. Um, anyway, um, it's a, a young nurse who uh, has to take care of a new patient. And she's a little obsessive about it in many ways. And um, we could say that she's pious in her own special way. But the good thing about this film is that it didn't go down the roads that are normally traveled. And it didn't become like some crazed religious thing beating you over the head in a particular way, which I really enjoyed because it was really a character study. And And that I enjoyed. So... Yeah, no, that's a that's a good way of putting it, Bill. I mean, the religion is like the crux of this movie. Without, over, <laughs> oh, it, it's without. This, over, you said without, crux, man. I'm thinking uh, cross. I'm like you bastard. That's a pun. Oh, you did a pun, Johnny. Oh, oh wow. See, yeah. this is what happens on this show. It's like I I make a pun, and it's like five minutes later, I realized I I, <laughs> I made a pun. So. Oh my god! I almost got seltzer up my nose. Uh, again. Uh, aha, Seltzer, tonight's, <laughs> tonight's sponsor of Last Knock. They're going to sue our asses. Send, send us money. Um, <laughs> send, send me Seltzer. I'll, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> um, but, you know, Bill, that's it, it kind of is. But uh, like you said, it's not a movie that, uh, you know, beats you over the head. I know there are lots of movies that don't know what to do with uh, mm-hmm. religious r- religious theme so they treat the audience like they're stupid and they just like beat, I don't know it's, it's one thing after another. It's like, whether it's, whether it's a pervasive imagery or just right. talk or just in the dialogue, this film is like you said, it is more of a character study. And, uh, I definitely responded to it in that, mm-hmm. in that, in that sense. Um, agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, you know, it was great. You could tell, I could tell from the whole thing and right from the beginning that Rose Glass did not have some sort of religious agenda or any other bullshit. And we've seen those fake Christian horror movies, um, yeah. uh, which are garbage. And, uh, it's like, you know, it's just ridiculous. So, and, and it was really cool. Cause I don't know how I saw it, but I wanted to find a little bit more information. I saw this like behind the scenes reel. Okay. Um, and they were interviewing, someone was interviewing or talking to Rose Glass or I, I, or it was an interview I had read. And she said, when I was writing the screenplay, she said, I remember going, Oh wait, I've seen this before. And she said, I can't do that. And I'm like, <laughs> I love, I'm, I'm in love with this woman automatically because this is what I know. Some horror fans are like, Hey, you know, I've seen the same thing a hundred thousand times. I st- I'm, I'm still want to see it again. I don't know what's up with you people, but yeah. <laughs> I want to see something fucking new and different. And 
something that will maybe transpose me, something, you know, I want, yeah. I want something different. I want to be shocked. I want to be awed. And Rose Glass, perfect writer for this. She's like, no, oh, I, that's been done. That's got to change. This has been done. That's got to change. And it, I love it. So I, I just loved her whole approach. You know, Bill, that's a really good point you uh, bring up about uh, um, the way she uh, handled the screenplay. Because, you know, this movie popped into my head, and I know we both liked this. A movie from last year that I really liked was The Rental. um, Yeah. Because it feels like Dave Franco and uh, I think Joe Swanberg wrote the script with him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it felt like they both were like, okay, we've watched a ton of crappy slasher movies that do the same thing. When we get to the point where it seems like the characters are going to do something predictable, we're going to make them swerve in this other direction here. And that's, yep. that's, that's what I felt throughout that movie. I was like, when is this going to fuck up? You know, when is it going to, <laughs> exactly. when, this, this, this is so good for like three quarters of the way. And I'm like, when is the shoe going to drop? And it never did with that movie. And I mm-hmm. felt the same way about St. Maud. I was like, it's, it is a breath of fresh air in sort of a stale, stagnant uh, horror climate. Yeah, um, absolutely. I agree. I mean, anytime you have any sort of uh, genre and subgenre, there's certain tropes that are expected. And it's so great when you don't see them. And I, I did that, too, with the rental because I'm like, this isn't bad. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and then the ending was really super ultra disturbing. And I'm like, yes, yeah. oh my God, they, uh, you know, it, it wasn't for me, it wasn't a perfect movie, but I did like it because mm-hmm. they really, they really, they tried, they tried. Yep. They're like, we're going to go down the road, you know, less, we're, we're it's funny. We're using all these friggin' cliches as we talk <laughs> about it. Um, no, they're yeah. like, we're going to try something different. Like, what can we do to turn a twist on a trope? And and that's great. And uh, and that only adds power to the genre and to show its depth and everything else and the power of story beyond let's fall on these old things that everybody's seen before. I mean, that, you know, um, so I was just I was grateful for that. Yeah. And, and definitely with uh, St. Maud, there's this feeling of. Uh, some movies, like I was saying, operate in these absolute terms when it comes to religion. I'm sure the uh, fucking Kirk Cameron movies um, <laughs> that, pe- that people, for some reason, pay money to see. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's an audience for that. But to me, I hate that stuff where stuff is chiseled in concrete. Yeah. Hey, Ten Commandments reference. Um, but, but with this, I'm like... I think what I like the most about, and I like this about movies and I know it pisses some people off, but I like a movie when you've watched it and you're left with all these questions about what, about what you just saw, you know, just about anything. Um, that means to me, I feel like that's when a movie sort of taps into something that's harder, harder to quantify something that's more, uh, more in the ether, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something I respond to. I'm like, I, uh, my girlfriend who, you know, uh, she doesn't like movies with the open, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the open ended movies, uh, you know, it's, it, yeah. but I'm, but I'm like, Oh, I love, uh, I love movies like personal shopper where it's, where it's like, uh, you're left kind of as confused and befuddled as you are, you know, at the mm-hmm. beginning of it. So, so that's something that I really appreciated about this film. And I feel like, uh, through that 
uh, Miss Glass taps into something that I think the thing I find interesting about religion as a concept is the fact that there are, you know, I, I like it when people talk about religion more in terms of questioning things yeah, rather than reinforcing uh, scripture or, you know, just reinforcing things that they pulled pulled out of their ass and somehow have attributed to the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. to, to keep control over people. So yeah. Using it as a weapon. I don't, I don't, yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. So that's, that's no. And that was, uh, and it, it's interesting because once in a while I love to check my brain at the door and just like watch something and just have a blast, you know, um, mm-hmm. like God, I, I'm a, my guilty pleasure sleepwalkers. I mean, I think so. It's, I friggin' love that train wreck of a movie, you know? <laughs> but then again, you know, I also love movies like this where it's like I have to, you know, pay attention and I have to discern certain things. And, you know, and I'm looking at, um, you know, this character, Maude, played by uh, Mor- Morfid Clark, who just cr- – everybody crushed it in this film. Mm-hmm. And that's also uh, – uh, a nod towards Rose Glass because she obviously directed the actors and they just did a phenomenal job. And mm-hmm. um, she created this wonderful atmosphere that was uh, unsettling and uh, un- unpleasant throughout, even though like something might not be happening. And it, that was great. And, you know, she created all that along with um, Ben Fordsman, who was the cinematographer and the cinematography was great. And they yeah. just, took you on this ride where you didn't have to worry about, um, you know, I knew I wasn't going to get hit over the head with like the Bible. I knew I wasn't, you know, because I knew this was something other than, and and that was great because it's about this woman's journey and, uh, you know, and where it's going to end up. Yeah. And I think something about uh, Maude as a character, Bill, is is she is a bit of an enigma. And I like that about her. Um, there, there are certain details of her, her life that are hinted at, but not made explicit. Correct. Um, and I kind of like that. I was halfway expecting, uh, the script to explain away some stuff mm-hmm. near the end, but it didn't happen. And I was like, Oh, thank you to the thank cinema you. God. <laughs> thank you to the cinema gods for not giving away the ghost there, you know, and keeping it, keeping it mysterious. Um, yep. and, and there's so much, um, there's a lot of expressiveness in uh, Clark's performance. I think oh. she has even, even in the wardrobe that she's in at certain points, um, you know, throughout mm-hmm. uh, glass plays with the, uh, the notion of how she's dressed. Like she starts off kind of as a, a bit uh, meek and puritanical in, oh. in, her, in her attire. And, uh, you know, and when, and she's, feels like she's been tasked with this quest to kind of save this woman um, who's a, she's a former choreographer and dancer who has, I think, stage four lymphoma. Yeah. Um, and it's Jennifer, is it Eel? Uh, Jennifer L. Yeah. Jennifer L. Who was in a zero dark 30 and a bunch of other stuff. Yep. She's phenomenal. Yeah. She's great. Um, what a character. Point, yeah. At one point someone calls her, I think the Norma Desmond, uh, mm-hmm. uh and I'm like, yep, that's exactly, <laughs> just, man. Just what I was thinking. Ready for my close-up, Mr. Demille, but not quite. <laughs> not not. There's some of that, but she's her own. She's definitely her own character in this film. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I think it was great how, in in subtle fashion, like you know, you could get a, a bit of who Maud really was and who uh, 
uh, the character Amanda really was without mm-hmm. being hit over the head with anything. Yeah, there's so much there's so much conveyed in this movie just through like uh, just really really subtle facial expressions. Uh, just mm-hmm. yeah, body language is key. Yep. Yeah. People looking at each other a certain way, and you're wondering what's going. What what are they <laughs> what are they thinking but not saying? And there's there's a lot of that that goes on here to the point where you're not sure, not sure where you know where's this person coming from? And that's again, that's another aspect of uh, ambiguity that I really enjoy about this film is that there's so much you can go back and you could watch it probably a dozen times and and get something different out of it each time you each time you watch it and it alter the meaning a little bit. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, it was just, I was always waiting for like, what's, what's going to come next. And that's great. Cause a lot of times when I watch a movie, it's like, Oh, I know what's going to come next. And like, (laughs) you know, choose your own Marvel adventure. You know, it's like, eh, pretty much knows what's happening. And, um, and I'm not picking on Marvel. I mean, I like some of their movies, but, uh, um, it, it was, it, it's, it's a machine. You know? It's a, it's a machine. Yeah. So it was great with this. It's like, well, I don't know. It's like, she, she could literally be going around a corner and it's like, I don't know if there's going to be a gateway to heaven or hell, or she's <laughs> going to meet a wild dog. Like I had no idea what would be there. And that was great. And that just added to the, uh, the tension that this movie just kept like adding on, like right from the beginning, it was just like, all right, I'm tense. You know, and it's like, no, like what's really happening? And you know, she create she created such an atmosphere right from the get go. And I know, I, I remember still, and I know, I know you don't like the movie, and that's perfectly fine. But The Shining, I'm watching, mm-hmm. I'm watching a Volkswagen, a yellow Volkswagen Beetle go up a road along a river listening to this music it's in the daylight and i'm ready to like i'm freaking out and i'm like come on what's like but it it works it works on me at least in that regard and um and i'm like man could i ever capture that when i make a movie and even if i can't i definitely cling to the movies that do because it's like if you could create this atmosphere and 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 that like encompasses all things it's like it's like a fog that envelops everything you know and mm-hmm. and that was the beauty of this film for me. It, it just captured that. And it had sort of like a yellow tint sometimes yeah. to the movie. Um, yeah. So it made it look like things weren't necessarily pure, necessarily like it's like things like rotting a little bit, becoming a little mm. fetid or something. And I'm like and, – and that just added to like this visualization of something corroding. And I'm like – and that, that helped make it all work too. Yeah, that's a good, you know, that's a, that's a good observation, Bill. Um, and you know, something about The Shining, just as a sidebar, and I hadn't thought about this till now, but the way Kubrick's camera moves in that uh, credit sequence, that opening credit sequence, mm-hmm. there's there's a sense that the the Beatles being compelled toward this location, like it's mm-hmm. like the camera is this omniscient thing that's almost pushing pushing the car in the direction mm-hmm. of the overlook in a way. And, you know, now that I think about that, I kind of respect that a little more. Um, <laughs> e- even though I hate that moment where you can see the shadow of the helicopter I know. Ca- capturing the shot. But uh, I know. I think they got rid of that. I think they wiped that one out, maybe. That is something I would go back in and digitally remove. If yeah, I, I think were, I think they did. Brothers. 
Yeah. I have the I have a new Blu-ray of it. I'll check it because I always look for that shot. It's like get rid of it, man. They got rid of the road in the friggin' uh, Lord of the Rings first movie that everybody saw. <laughs> Everybody's in the theater like, hey, that's a road up there. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> and they got rid of it. They wiped that thing out. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, you, you know, Bill, something that getting to what you said about uh, how there was like a yellowish hue to certain scenes. Something I was noticing was how the lighting of the characters' faces. Um, Amanda is the woman's name, yeah. uh, played by Jennifer Jennifer L. Mm-hmm. It, the lighting in her bedroom often seems like there's a fire going, but there's yes. just there's just it's just these lamps and oftentimes the especially Maud's face will look like it's being lit by fire and yes. i thought that i thought that felt hugely symbolic to me um absolutely yeah totally thematic char- yeah, yeah for her character i was mm-hmm. i was like has she gone through hell is she getting ready to go through hell Mm-hmm. Is, is 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 evil trying to reach out um what's what's going on basically yeah, yeah. and is this a, is this even uh maud's projection of how she thinks things mm. are um <laughs> which I, I really enjoyed the movie as well um like yes. the, the whole the whole thing was you know perception of the world around well part of i mean part of it this movie was loaded you know part of the perception of the world in which we live how do we see that world um and oh my god, I have to find the quote. Oh yep. my god, I was just looking at it today. Mark Twain, because <laughs> uh, Twain's the man. Um, let's see if oh, I can yeah, find absolutely. it. The imagination quote. Let me see. Ah, you can't. Mark Twain said, "You can't depend on your eyes when your imagination is out of focus." <laughs> that's it. I just saw that today, and I was like, "Oh my god." we're talking about saint maud that's that's it that's the movie that's that's perfect actually yeah yeah that does yeah yeah we're done we're done the show's over um thanks for listening yeah (laughs) you know really it's like if your head's if your imagination's out of focus if your thinking is skewed and everything's wrong nothing's gonna look right Mm -hmm. nothing's going to look right and of course you know you can get into deep philosophy and go well you know, the world is only what it is to us anyway. And all that crap. But the thing is, you know, when like 150 people see the same thing and one person's like, eh, right. You know, something's probably wrong with that person. <laughs> probably, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You know, and um, and in this case, that was this. This was like I, I wondered if she had come across that line, Ms. Rose, when she was like, you know, Rose Glass, when she was like writing this, like, hey. Because that's heavy, man. That's a heavy line. Yeah. And, and something I like about the film, Bill, is how it, it, it really is a subjective experience. Absolutely. And, and again, going back to questioning stuff, it's like there are certain moments where Maud seems to go through some almost, I wouldn't call them out-of-body experiences, but it's like she's being as she describes it kind of how she feels when she's filled with the spirit of Christ. Orgasmic. Um, exactly. It is almost this weird, uh, kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, almost sexual writhing kind of thing that mm-hmm. goes on, not in an exploitative way. It's no, very, not uh, at all. Not at all. It, it's, it's very interesting how, uh, how glass manages to convey this without coming off as, you know, 
crass or you don't laugh at uh, you don't laugh at uh, the character no because of, because, because of the way it's uh, conveyed it's very strategically done I think to the point where you're more like what the fuck is this really happening yeah exactly or is, yeah or, or, or is this just what she thinks is happening in her head um mm-hmm. you know and I, I like I said I really love that uh just that that overriding uh, approach to the story and uh, the character yeah, and one of the things that I really, really loved about this, and this was one of the major changes that Rose Glass had made to the story, was she had her being this way from like the beginning of her life. And she's like, no. Mm-hmm. I said, no, that's been done. That's been done a billion times. What if somebody had, you know, discovered, you know, became pious, discovered this, you know, uh, after, later in life, after all of these other experiences? And, um, and it's like, oh, now it's even more powerful because it's like, so what's underneath, you know, so what happened? How did things happen? How did things transpire? How did this person evolve into, you know, uh, Maude? How did she evolve to the person she is now? And, mm-hmm. and that was, so that was just absolutely wonderful. And I thought it was great on her part. This wasn't due to like, you know, parental like infusion or something like that. She went out and she like found this for herself because mm-hmm. of X and it's like, whoa. And I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, I agree with you, Bill. Um, and uh, what did you think uh, about the uh, voiceover narration when it kicked in? Because I wasn't expecting that. And it took me a little bit to to sort of jibe with the the, the voiceover that uh, Maud gives the viewer when it, it's often some of it is her thoughts and some of it is her actually uh, articulating her prayers in her mind. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was well done because this signaled to me, you know, the end for her because she was so wrapped up in her own head that not, like, you know, again, you know, the um, if when your imagination is out of focus, like she was becoming and she didn't it's funny, she didn't want to be and she probably didn't think she was, but, but she was becoming so ultra self-centric Mm-hmm. that all was lost. So yeah. when that happened, it wasn't jarring because it belonged and it signified this like sort of like downward spiral for the character. And, mm-hmm. and it, I saw it as a clear marker, like, Oh, here we go, man. Like the roller coaster's going over the edge and now it's, you know, it's all downhill from here. Um, <laughs> so I didn't mind that at all. It was, like you said, it was strategic um, which is perfect. I mean, this was really well planned out, thought out. It wasn't like, yeah, let's just put in this for the kids. And like none of that mindless, stupid bullshit. This right. was very intelligent. I could see this as a novel, and I would be like, it would, it would be like blowing my mind. I was gonna say, please, Rose Glass, turn this into a novel. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I would. I would buy a copy for sure. Yeah. Damn straight, absolutely. Yeah, Bill. I think something uh, with uh, something with the voiceover. Maybe maybe it was a bit jarring for me at first because there's a there's a slight. Uh, it it almost feels snarky at times when she's talking to God. It, it's kind of mm-hmm. like because because like you said, she is pious, and she she actually starts off the movie saying something like. Um, I, I really wish, you know, I really wish you'd reveal my purpose yeah. because you must have saved me for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's a very, that's a very telling, that's a very telling bit of uh, 
dialogue right at the beginning there because it's just like, okay, to what you were saying, she is uh, on this sort of collision course. She's, she's determined. Yeah, exactly. She's, she's determined to find her purpose, um, mm-hmm. to kind of reach out to this higher, to, to reach out or let the signals from the higher power as she sees them, uh, sort of infiltrate her and guide her. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, infiltrate. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. You know, the, uh, ministry song bill, um, fuck, which, which one is it? Oh, it's, it's Psalm 69. With yeah. The, 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 the voiceover samples saying, I feel like my heart is being touched by Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Oh, I remember that. I wrote a whole script. Uh, I wrote, wrote a whole bad book around that line. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, man. Yeah. I really did. Oh, it's a, it's in a box. No one will ever see it. It's a piece of shit, but I want to read it. No, no, you don't. Um, okay. it, it's really, oh, it's got, it's got awful. Um, <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, no, that's yeah, but um, and I didn't mean that either. Yeah, yeah no, I that, that's what was cool because you know she is seeing herself as pious, like she knows the way now. Mm-hmm. I know the way. She doesn't realize it's her way for her. Yeah, and it's like, well, now I need to unleash this upon someone else. I need to help someone else because of what I've learned and gained. But unlike a teacher who's like, can I get across an idea and see what other students come up with? Can I help them evolve critical thinking so they could be a better person? She's like, I know the way, so now this person must learn it. And yeah. it's like, what, what, you know, yeah, it's she has it all. But, you know, when you think about some of the things that we think she had endured as a person, we mm-hmm. could see her going, oh, my gosh, I'm saved. Now I could save somebody else. So it's funny because on the one hand, this comes from a place of, of pure innocence and yeah. naivete. Yet on the other hand, it's like so diabolical and sinister. <laughs> it's like... It's just like, I was like, fuck, I wish I'd written this script. You know, it's like, this is great. Yeah, you know what's funny, Bill? That's that's a really good way of putting it because that just brings the, the paradox of Maud um, is the paradox kind of of religion. In yeah. A way. Yeah, no, you know? absolutely. Sure. It's, it's these things that it's these things that were hard pressed to attach logic and reason to explain away. So you take them on the basis of faith Mm-hmm. But then, it, then it's like, are you know, do you, how much, how much do you invest in that? Yeah. Before, before you turn into someone who's kind of the glassy-eyed true believer. So uh, I, I, I don't know, but I think that's a really, you, you kind of hit on something there, really, really profound. So. Well, well, thank you. And it's like, well, what kind of believer? Because um, it's funny, I, you know, I've I've spoken to many people who are or who are uh, devout Christians and. Um, so, and it's funny because it's like, I see two schools. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, God said, love thy neighbor. You know, Jesus said, love thy neighbor love. And, you know, is the, the paramount element of uh, the new Testament. And, um, you know, I shouldn't judge others. I should leave that up to God. And, um, uh, my other big one, what was it? Um, um, Jesus never turned anyone away. So I won't. So right. they're supportive of gay of gay pride movements and transgender and all that. They don't have any problems with that. Yet I know mm-hmm. other people who are like, hey, wait a minute. And it's like, you guys reading the same material? <laughs> like, what's, <laughs> what's going on? Or is it the person in the pulpit directing you? And one of the interesting things is, and this is why I really, really loved St. Maud, is mm-hmm. there's no one in the pulpit directing her. Nope. 
She found this on her own. She's directing herself, but she p goes down this path that's like not right. <laughs> you know, it's like not re not really right at all. And yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it's it's oh man, it that dichotomy in the whole script in her whole persona. It's like I want to do good, but you're but you're not necessarily doing good. And it's not that everything you're doing is bad, but you're like she she has blinders on and we all do i mean this is what i hate about like oh i'm an open-minded person but i'm always suspect of myself not because i don't mm -hmm. trust myself at all but it's like i'm not a woman so what am i missing from that perspective i'm right. not completely black what am i missing you know all of these things you know i take to heart and i love speaking with other people so i could like oh my gosh they, they helped spread that blinder a little bit wider on me and i got something new and right. i love that stuff but for Maude, she doesn't see it that way. It's like, I've saved my... She pretty much has saved herself, you know, through uh, through what she's discovered um, as a person with religion. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't realize that that might not be what the other person needs. Right. Oh, I got it. Everybody needs it. Um, you know, uh, Amanda needs it. Yeah, cause, because okay. I think this, mm -hmm. then everybody else must, you know, mm -hmm. th this this must be the way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if there was only one way to do things, we wouldn't have a gazillion different types of species on this planet. We wouldn't have, you know, like languages, like all of this stuff. You know, mm -hmm. there'd only be one thing, and maybe the right. universe wouldn't need to exist at all. But well, there, there's a. <laughs> oh man, that's a. We're asking the deep questions tonight on the last <laughs> knock. I, I love it. I love it's it. Rose Glass's fault, and it and it wasn't because I'm watching this movie and I'm like, my brain didn't hurt. My brain didn't hurt. But my no. brain was engaged. My mind was engaged. I was thrilled. I was like, I know we're not going to talk about the ending at all. No. Oh, but, no. Oh, I know we can't. But, oh, my God. You know, I was like. What, what, what a fucking ending. What man. a fucking ending. I was, when that happened, <laughs> I was like. Oh. <laughs> it was like <laughs> and it's like, this is her first feature film. I don't know how any of this happened. I'm so thrilled for Rose Glass for writing it and for and for someone going, well, screw it. I'm going to find out exactly who the damn person was uh, or the company anyway. Um, do, 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 do. Well, A24 and I'll go in. You're it. You're going to direct this. It's her first movie. It's a feature. And it's like, you're doing this. And she crushed it. Yep. Crushed it. I yeah I agree, Bill. Um, you know, when I was thinking while watching the movie and afterwards, the movies that were popping into my head were like, "Oh, I'm thinking of the Black Coat's Daughter." Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of uh, what else am I thinking of? I'm, I'm thinking, thinking of, of these other the Block Island but, Sound. I was thinking of. Um, yeah, I was. I was just. I was mostly thinking of A twenty four movies. So I'm like, okay, it's this. I, mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I could say to people, eyes of my mother, even. Oh, oh yeah, def oh good one. Yeah, good one. I did that. another another interesting, uh, you know, female character in that. Mm -hmm. film, yeah. yeah, it's like coming of age, not when you expect it, and coming of age in the worst possible manner. And and you and you think about the nature versus nurture argument. Sure. Uh, you know, you know, eyes of my mother. My God. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so much of that in that film where it's like. Mm -hmm. The character does so many horrible things, but you kind of you don't agree with them or condone them. But you, Nick 
Nick Pesci makes you understand mm-hmm. where where she's coming from. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, this was part of the thing with the you know the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You know. Oh and my like, god, yeah. Yeah, yeah I like totally lived up to that, and um, and it's and it's great because it automatically made me think. All right, what am I doing in my life that I am somehow like giving adv- even advice to somebody? Is it like, okay, is it really coming from a place that will benefit them in their life in their way their life is? Or am I mm-hmm. trying to force some sort of like unintended agenda or something like that? And yeah. I mean, that's not the way I am. But I, again, I, I question myself, like, is that, is that right? You know, and usually I end up apologizing to somebody go, look, man, I hope I didn't overstep my bounds, but you know, yeah. I love you. I appreciate you. This is how I'm seeing things, you know, whatever. And, and this movie made me think even deep more you know deeper about it because this is really about intent and mm-hmm. does the intent belong yeah is is it, is it appropriate yeah um, is it appropriate absolutely and and when you're removed from that level of uh, self-awareness um, mm-hmm. as as mod is it's like then it, and then it becomes it transforms into something altogether different and not not very good um mm-hmm. for for as kind of subtle a presence as she is you know we we see her transform as she's like trying to figure out who she is as the film goes on and then she comes to this it, it, it's it's pretty funny revelation she says mm-hmm. she has a revelation one night in a really spectacular moment and uh, then she knows what she must do and you right. know, we, we, we immediately know that when she says that, it's like, okay, it's, it's, no, it's not going to be, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not going to be good. This, this just isn't going to end well. And we're just kind of oh, yeah. thinking of thinking about the form that the bad thing is going to take basically. Yeah. And you know, um, you know, I also think of, uh, um, oh my God, I forgot the name of the movie. I forgot. I could see it. The Richard Bates film that I love so much. Uh, excision. Excision. Yeah. You know, seeing that like coming of age thing, but this is interesting because we have a character that's roughly thirty years old. You know, it's like that—that's true. And she she has the feel of someone who's much much younger. Yeah, yeah, she does because she came undone, and she's like, you know, she's mod two point oh, and yeah, uh, you know, and maybe that's not the best incarnation of uh, of mod. You know, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's amazing because if I don't know what the screening process was for the actresses. I don't know how many people tried out for the role. Obviously, they gave it to the right individual. Oh yeah. But everybody in this movie really captured their the elements that they needed to well, and all of the characters, even if they're briefly on screen, there's like I wouldn't necessarily say a push pull effect with each person, but what there is is there's a, a little bit of depth of like, oh yeah, that person isn't that good. Oh, or, or that person isn't that bad of a person. Oh, they're not good of a person either. Like there was, you would see like these little flashes of goodness and, and definitely not so goodness, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with these people. And it was really wonderful to see this captured with usually body language, uh, mm-hmm. usually with just a few words and, um, So the cool thing was, and this was like the movie Grace for me, where Uh, it was hard to hate every character because every character wasn't out to be an asshole. 
Every character right. wasn't like, oh, no, no, I'm not the antagonist. I'm trying to protect this baby. I'm trying to do what's right for this. I'm trying to do it. And it was great because it was all their perceived notions of what the best possible route was. Mm-hmm. So you never didn't necessarily have a bad character or an evil character because the intent was not to be evil or cruel. That's 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 spot fucking on, Bill. I, I totally agree with that. And again, it goes back to the whole thing about how there aren't these clearly delineated uh, lines in right. this film, uh, whether it comes to the character or the events of the plot. And that's, again, something I, I really love about this movie. And a lot of other movies, you know, the movie I was thinking about in addition to The Black Coat's Daughter was The Witch, which also, oh yeah, yeah, you, you know, does has some interesting stuff to say about, uh, you know, belief um, oh, sure. and, and, and religion and being a pariah, basically. Um, mm-hmm. So so I thought that was. Yeah. And it's like those are the movies I respond to because of their nuance, because of their subtlety. Yeah. I'm like, man, someone give someone give Rose Glass you know, give Rose Glass Ariaster's career. He can he can go bye bye. Um, oh, he's a he's so overrated and over. Oh, he's pathetic. His because, re- his storytelling is hideous. You know, Bill, because this this is the thing. Watching Saint Maud, I'm like, this is the reason I hate Ariaster's stuff is because he doesn't trust the viewer to get it. So he's bashing you over the head yeah. for. Up to two and a half, three hours if you watch the director's cut of Midsummer. God bless you. Fuck no. You know, I'm like, and I don't under, I don't understand the raves for that stuff. And I have gone through the death of two parents, and I'd like to think I can relate to some of the stuff he's getting at in Midsummer and Hereditary. But those films have no emotional impact on me. Oh, there's no depth to them. There's no depth. The characters are shallow. They're not fully developed. Yeah. Like, even though, and it's funny because, you know, so people don't get it. I mean, so people don't get, like, that there's a conflict. There's a subtlety to what Rose Glass did, but you can yes. see and feel and hear and relate to what's going on. And a lot of times it's like, what's the intent with Ari Aster's characters? What, you know, and like, yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, if he just did these few things, this would be a fantastic movie to rave about. Yeah, but they're not, and there's there's disjointed storytelling. There's elements that are missing, and I don't know if people get lost in the cinematography or what. But it's like these aren't these aren't good. Yeah, I mean, whereas something like uh, Saint Maud or The Witch or uh, The Black Coat's Daughter, those films, you know, all those films are nuanced as hell, um, mm-hmm. and that's what I like about them because there's room to there's room to think about things. Whereas, yeah, I think if Ari Aster backed off of trying to over explain every goddamn thing in his movies, they might actually be worth a damn. You know, you got all these great actors and you, you put them to waste by, I feel like, I feel like he doesn't have enough com- confidence in his storytelling. And he's to, right. He shouldn't because he's not a good storyteller. Yeah. So therefore he overcompensates by overdoing, overdoing a lot of stuff he shouldn't overdo. So right. anyway, that's, that's just my uh, perpetual soapbox until he makes a movie I like. Ah, uh, man, we'll see. I mean, there, the potential's totally there, but, um, you know, Rose Glass came out of the gate, you know, like she, 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 yeah, she's, she, yeah, she's, she's already great. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's funny because I know we're right now we're in that territory where people are like, oh, is this some keep your pinky out 
while you're drinking, uh, you know, a, a, a Demitas. And, you know, is this uh, no. some artsy-fartsy thing? And it isn't. I didn't feel that. I felt, because it's a character study, it's going to be intimate, which this movie is. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, okay. it, there isn't one, I, I, I think there isn't one scene where you don't see Maud Because it's her. Yeah, yeah you know, it, like you yeah, it really is her, uh, it's a pretty subjective film. Very, yeah. very, yeah. And, you know, Bill, something else I wanted to mention was, uh, I don't know if you got this vibe, but I certainly did after a certain point. I was like, Morford Clark really is reminding me of someone, and she was reminding me of Jodie Foster around Silence of the, ah! Cir- Circus Silence of the Lamb. She has sort of yes. a look, but also that sort of, uh, emotional emotional palette i think that she really uses knowingly it's a very intuitive performance i think oh i i can't i can't argue that point at all i mean i'm like i'm upset that i didn't even think of it that's awesome man no that's great she did and you know even from a little a little kid actress you know jodie foster always conveyed something and i mean she's she's like She's a young kid. She carries the whole movie, the little girl who lives down the lane. She carried that whole movie. She's oh, a kid. And that's a, that, and that's a disturbing movie. It too. is disturbing. You know, yeah. and you saw in, you know, when it got to uh, Taxi, Taxi Driver, Driver, where she's yeah. the 13-year-old prostitute, and she's crushing that. It's like, holy yeah. hell. And mm-hmm. no, I get that. I get that. That's that's cool. Yeah, so I, I uh, yeah, just just a little thing, I, and I felt like I had to say that because it really stuck with me <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, while I was watching and afterward, but not in a distracting way. I was like, just like, you know, she she is good. She's really good. So I think uh, she looking is, um, looking forward to seeing more from her in the future. Absolutely, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing a lot more from Rose Glass because. Uh, oh yeah. That's like cool as crap, and uh, there is nothing on the horizon for for her after Saint Maud. And I don't know why. There's not even anything in pre-production listed on here. Um, wow, because all she did was short films, and then she did Saint Maud as a feature. She crushed mm. it. What's going on? I don't get it. Uh, she might be trying to figure out what to do in the uh, uncertain pandemic times we're living in. True, but you know the good thing is she's not rushing into another project. That's that's true. You I know. think, yeah, I the Jordan uh, Peele situation, you know, with us that oh my god, I don't even want to talk. Yeah, about rush rush to expectations that were not fulfilled. Yeah, yeah, totally. I don't know if that was the studio's fault or his own. If there was hubris involved, I don't know. But I I, I don't like the name of his next movie, Bill. Oh, what is it? Nope. Oh no, I, I hate. It. I don't like it already. I thought there's, it was. There's, there's a poster, and I'm like, oh, you, you don't want to put no or bad in your movie title because that's a harbinger right there. Yeah. I thought it was going to be uh, Billy and Johnny get kicked in the nuts. I thought you were going to say, I was like, <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that at all, Jordan. Hey, if you pay us a couple million dollars and, and release it in theaters, geez, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Jeez. Sure, sure. Um, we have no shame. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Um, no, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what uh, what she does. But um, I'm I, looking forward. To it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I loved it. I was impressed with every element of it. You know, even you know, we didn't even talk about this. We, we don't have to, but I want to give like the film editing by Mark Towns is brilliant. 
mm-hmm. um, the art direction by Isabel Dunhill, the set decoration by Anna Mould, or, um, you know, just perfect. Um, and it, they all created something really special here that, um, I hope yeah. horror fans enjoy who are into something that's not a slasher film. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I hope it gets, uh, I hope uh, it eventually gets released into, uh, more streaming services. I would love a physical release of this. I hope that's oh on, my the, God, on, yeah. on the horizon because I'll definitely pick it up. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to ask you, Bill, uh, what would you give it on a scale of one to five? <laughs> um, it's one I want to I want to see it again. It's definitely a solid four. And as of July, since we're seven months into the year, this is my this is my number one horror film for the year. Actually, I think I'm with you on that, Bill, and I, I would also give it a solid four mm-hmm. with the possibility that I might like it even more um, on subsequent viewings. I have a funny feeling I will as well. Um, yeah. damn that ending, man, that, to me, that goes down as one of the top five right now in horror <laughs> I, I of just, all time, man, of all time, the <laughs> mist, all of that, you know, was, even the lost boys with the, the great line from the grandfather at the end. I'm like, Oh my God, these are great. And this is one of those endings for me. <laughs> it is, it is such a, it is, there's so much what the fuck. And I love that about it. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. I was like, I think my eyes popped out of my friggin' head. It was, it was like, huh, huh, huh? Wait, what was that? Well, yeah. And I'm like, oh my god! Well, wow! It was like, <laughs> like, sorry, I didn't mean to wake up the neighborhood because it was like two in the morning when I saw this thing. Oh my god! Perfect, perfect. Yeah, no, I, I really loved it, and uh, I hope, uh, I hope our fans give it a, give it a go, give it a whirl. Awesome, Bill. You, you got some, you got some people to scream out to tonight. Speaking of our fans, absolutely. Um, screaming out to great souls on. You could follow on Twitter. I'm gonna let you know all about them. I'm taking a swig of uh, ah because I, I usually <laughs> screw this shit up. I, I don't know why. It's like I'm reading. I wrote this. It's like what's wrong with me? Bill, Bill, stuff with carbonation gives me hiccups. So be careful. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> Eddie J. Morales. Who is he? He is Morales underscore EJ, author of Dreaded Tales, Horror Books 1 and 2. He's into the paranormal, supernatural, slasher, zombies, and more. He's out of Florida. You could follow him also besides Twitter at EddieJoseMorales.com. The wonderful, the vivacious, the stellar, the impactful Sarah M. Who's that? That is Sarah. Sarah's so jeez, I, I just did the friggin' drink. <laughs> Sarah Sweets 83, Queen of Horror. Mm. I'm the devil's daughter, she says. And I've seen her, and I think she's right, and that's awesome. Lover of horror and gore, Wicca, witch, and proud. She loves bleeding critic. <laughs> the clown prince of horror. Uh, she says uh, I'm his number one fan. Can't argue that. She's into metal music, such as uh, Slipknot and Iron Maiden. What is not to love? Yeah. Um, Victory Von Stryker. And that is Stryker with a Y underscore Von. Dominatrix, blogger and podcaster, pagan. White Witch podcasts are just are called Just a Little Torture with Mistress Victory and Bedtime Stories with Mistress Victory, which are found at mistressvictory.blogpost.com. She is an absolute sweetheart. Um, I, I love her to no end. She's really wonderful, an absolute joy, and uh, she's um, we share same musical tastes, 
So this is another reason that she likes my books that I write, the Kink Noir series. So nice. it's just so it's really cool. So thank you so much, Mistress. I appreciate it. Alex Vorkov, <laughs> author of All the Colors of the Dead and Something New on the Way. Can't wait for that. Horror and sci-fi books, movies and art. Um, and he where does he live? He lives on Blood Island. And <laughs> check him out more on Amazon as well as alexforkovwriter.wordpress.com. Wonderful people who've been with me since the beginning. Uh, love them. Um, heck, we, we both love them, and that's Promote Horror. Absolutely. Uh, welcome to PromoteHorror.com, where we bring creators of horror and horror fans together. Our goal is to help spread the horror. That's a hashtag. Please use it through our promotions. They're wonderful. They're also out of uh, Florida, out of Miami. And check out their website, PromoteHorror.com. They work hard. They work yeah. hard to really bring fans and horror uh, creators together. And they're absolutely wonderful. And they're always fun, cool, and welcoming and much appreciated. M-I-B, okay, the M's capitalized, I-B, capital I, capital H. Who's this M-I-B? Tall, dark, and ugly, autistic, anime, movie, and WWE reviewer, amateur filmmaker, pug owner, classic rocker, anti-Tory even. Wow. Wow. Uh, on Instagram, Lee underscore in underscore black out of or Orpington, uh, Kent, UK. And you could go to mibih.wordpress.com. MIB is cool as hell. Again, another really kind soul. Love, nice. love the person. Skip Bolden. Now, Skip <laughs> Bolden is now listed on Twitter as Bolden Skip. And yes. it's a new account for him. Uh, he's a freelancer in film production. Absolutely wonderful soul. He always posts great things about film. Um, and... That's it. Follow the, per follow the man because he's wonderful. He always supports indie film and uh, his stuff is just wonderful. Hallow's School, an upcoming middle grade fantasy horror novel series about a school for ghosts. How's that? <laughs> Ghost school? That's so cool. So, um, you know, he's on Goodreads and all. Uh, spooky MG. He's into paranormal middle and it's middle grade fiction. Remember that? Hallow's School for the Dead dot com. Check it out. Another Sarah, but this is S. Seely, S-E-E-L-E-Y 92. She says, I love music, movies, uh, music, movies, concerts, drive-ins, art, museums, binge-watching my favorite shows such as True and True Crime, and I love all things horror. An absolutely wonderful person again. And speaking of more wonderful people, we will end it with Movies, Films, Flicks. Oh, man, love them. Absolutely. Bad movies, a lot. Horror movies, independent <laughs> movies. Bad independent horror movies. We watch and review them all. They sacrifice their souls for entertainment, people. They really do. Go to moviesfilmsandflicks.com for more excellent, great, great podcasts they have. It's just awesome. Absolutely. I actually just recorded an episode last night with them. Fantastic, man. Yeah. So awesome. I don't know when it'll post, but... Uh... Sometime. It'll post whenever, Johnny. Yep. And I'll let you take the show out tonight. I'm going to give my thing. You can find me on Twitter at Crash Palace and at uh, Noir Kink. And you can go to CrashPalaceProductions.com for links to this show and more. A ton of articles. Absolute fantastic film reviews from uh, Johnny Num, who is just really knows what he's doing. And just enjoy it. 
So, <laughs> yeah, I'm serious, man. Your reviews are phenomenal. You should be getting a paid gig somewhere. This you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be even be doing a show. Oh, Bill, you're too sweet. Yeah, but I'm true. I'm honest. I'm sincere. <laughs> My intentions are good. Don't worry. I'm not gonna go the road the route of uh, Saint Maud. I was gonna. I was gonna say, what is that saying? Beware, beware. Words dipped in honey, they attract all manner of wasps. Um, Damn. No, that's not you, though. No, I know it isn't. It does. But in any case, you can find me um, on Twitter and Letterboxd at Johnny Num. There are no H's in those Johnnies. You can also find my writing, in addition to Crash Palace, at thescreeningspace.com. Yes. Run by the one by the. Aha! Run! Uh, may the power of Christ compel me to get these words out. Um, run by the wonderful Suze Layton on Twitter. Yes. We she love. is. She's been a perpetual cheerleader of mine and Billy for a long, long time, and she's oh, one of my I. favorite people that I have yet to meet in real life. But uh, I just know. love interacting with her. Yep. Maybe some. Maybe someday the stars will align, and uh, that trip to Banter's will will materialize. Bill. Yeah, and hopefully she'll bring along Mags, her pup, who just makes me cry every time I see a picture of Mags. I just want to ball. Oh my God, that dog just makes it. That dog is happiness in photograph form mm-hmm. every time she posts pictures of Mags. Yeah. Yup. Uh, well, in, in any case, Bill, I'm going to levitate out of here because the fireworks are going on outside my house. <laughs> okay. I'll see you later, Johnny. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe you'll get a nurse soon and Maud will take care of you. <laughs> All right. I'm out. All right. All right, see ya. Bye. Bye.